Welcome to the Betterism Podcast, a learning community seeking out life's unusual lessons from its unlikely places. I'm your host, Glenn Binger, author, teacher, and coach, and I'm here to help spark some collective growth. I hope you'll stick around and teach us a thing or two, but first, a few words from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Life. Life is a health and wellness brand. Um, they feature all kinds of health and wellness products. They focus mostly on supplements. They have everything from vitamin E, vitamin C, NADs, vitamin K. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Shilajit tablets. I put some in my coffee every morning to help me think a little more clearly, process things smoothly, that sort of thing. Um, but again, they they kind of focus on all across all health and wellness products. Um, their goal is to be innovative and effective, trying to help people become less stressed, uh, more energized, and live happier lives. Um, I do also recommend checking out their podcast, Meadow Life Radio. The host and owner, Matt Blackburn, does a really great job in educating listeners and, and his audience about what supplements are right for them. Um, you can find them online at meadowlife.co. That's M-I-T-O-L-I-F e.co and if you use promo code betterism you can get 15% off all of their products and there's no restrictions there um, again that's meadowlife.co promo code betterism for 15% off please go check them out they do a really great job in educating and sharing the knowledge and i think that is a lost art this day and age meadowlife.co check them out This episode is brought to you by a brand new podcast called The Discontents, The Disappearance of a Young Radical. It's actually an audiobook by indie author James Wallace Birch. It's a narrative style podcast, and it's an adaptation of his cult classic novel split into podcast episodes. I believe there's eight in total. It's available for free on anchor.fm slash James Wallace Birch or wherever you get your podcasts. The novel itself, of the same name, has a four-star rating on Goodreads. It's the first book in the gripping mystery of the 2011 disappearance of Emery Walden, notorious graffiti artist. Um, It is a highly captivating listen. I recommend you check it out as soon as you can. Enjoy. Hey guys, just a heads up. The audio in the episode is a little echoey. Uh, It's just on my end. I think Lisa's came out fine. But I just wanted to give you a heads up in case you wanted to turn that volume down. Thanks. All right. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Betterism Podcast. I am your host, Glenn. Today, we have a special guest, one of my longtime friends, Lisa Trainer. She is the founder and editor of The Spoonful Society. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hi, Glenn. It's so good to be here. I'm so glad to have you on. I think this is a great way to kind of tie in what you are trying to build yeah no Um, I I totally agree would we let's I feel like let's kind of start off with what I guess the premise of the what what you what you're trying to do is a chronic illness writer and what the premise of spoonful society is kind of what what's the, the mission mindset there so yeah, so I um, I come from a background of I was diagnosed with a chronic illness when I was 19. Um, when I was 16, I had uh, a trauma which left me with PTSD and fibromyalgia, very severe fibromyalgia at that point. Um, so the past like 10 years of my life have sort of been like recovering from an illness, healing in a lot of ways, you know, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically. But we've kind of like culminated in this point where like I feel like I have all of this all these connections, particularly with people in the chronic illness community. A lot of people do a ton of stuff on Instagram. Uh, There's a really active uh, online community of people who are also chronically ill. So my idea with the Spoonful Society was a lifestyle blog because like something I've always been interested in is talking about health and wellness and things like that. But I found that a lot of lifestyle blogs are not accessible. Um, so to people with chronic illness or disabilities, like either the articles themselves, like don't really pose practical ideas to people, yeah. you know, whether it's financial, especially like right now with people like all being out of work in lots of different areas, you know, it's mm-hmm. not just people who are chronically ill. I really want the blog to be accessible to as many, you know, 
cognitive abilities and and ways of understanding information, but also, you know, have things that we could actually do and enjoy and like act on rather than just like reading about. So right, yeah, that's like it's a whole. I guess, yeah, in the lifestyle sort of area, but definitely focused on like mental wellness and, you know, living connected with your body. Like all of those things are things I've learned from having an illness. So I think passing that along, but it's also, it's a multi-contributor blog. Lots of people are going to write Glenn. Definitely. You're one of those people that I'm definitely oh, thank you. Pitch. Like, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, I, everyone has such a, like an interesting perspective on like how to live. And I think that's why like, yeah, this podcast, the same thing. Like you just want to expose all these different ideas to different kinds of people. That's sort of my goal with the Spoonful Society. And yeah, hopefully we'll be uh, like up and running in October. So that's the goal. Oh, really? That's the time frame? Yeah. So a little scary. I started doing a class um, last year. I I do coaching with somebody. uh, Her name is Megan Dowd. And she's on Instagram at Megan at with Megan Dowd. And she um, is kind of like a authenticity in writing coach. So I do a lot of like micro blogging on Instagram. Glenn, we're, we're always in that corner of the world. Yeah. And uh, I really like was enjoying telling personal stories and memoir type, like short micro blogging type essays. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always had the idea of having my own blog and through working with Megan, we sort of realized that like, I'm not interested in just sharing my ideas with the world. Like I want to facilitate everyone being able to share their perspectives. And that's how we grow. Right. And like the only way to even, you know, learn anything as a person is to like open your ears and, you know, open your eyes to like what's happening for somebody else. I think like, I don't know, COVID, like one of the things that it's highlighting for me is like, just because something is true for you doesn't mean it's true for someone else. Exactly. Right. Like how many times do you like hear something and somebody says like a universal statement and you're like, oh, wait, uh, no, not really. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> kind of, but like for the better, give you the benefit of the doubt for the convo, combo, but like, I don't know. I think that it's so much, I've learned it so much more valuable sure. to actually, yeah, just listen, you know, I'm, I think, yeah. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that when you first, I mean, again, we've been friends like prior to you even launching this, but I think when we first started talking about this and this was, this is even before COVID, I think kind of hit you kind of, you were, you were kind of going over like the plans and that kind of stuff. But I think the thing that kind of drew me in was that, and this is a reoccurring theme on this podcast, but the, the authenticity, right? Like trying to share stories beyond your own personal story but in a way in a fashion that's real right like like you, you kind of said this in the beginning but i mean there there are a lot of resources out there but so often they're so either vague or so niche that it's very hard to approach them right right so i think oh, yeah. the thing with what you're trying to do with spoonful society is like you're I, I feel like you're trying to approach it in a way where it's like it can be super niche but at the same time you're open to having different lenses and perspectives and voices that are able to share, you know, their life lessons for the greater good. Right. And I think that's, it, it aligns. And this is why I wanted to have you on the show. It aligns so well with what I'm trying to do with betterism. Right. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're trying to kind of find these teachable moments in people's stories, right. In their lives. And I yeah. think the term, the terms like blogger and, and lifestyle blogger, like people hear those words and they kind of think, something but it's not quite the same as what you're trying to do with spoonful do you know what i'm saying right yeah i think there's there's like an idea almost that it's like vapid or like you know that you're like right. shallow like oriented towards commerce and like consumerism and i think like it was really um, i have a friend annie kip and she said to me once that like uh your work your life is your work is basically what she said yeah. to me like because until i started doing this like really my life was like centered around like recovery and like healing and like being connected with my body and like all these things that like as Americans, as like humans, we never do, Yeah, you know? So I think like, and during that time I like met so many people who were experiencing similar things to me, but like 
handling them so differently. And like, that's what, I mean, like one in seven people has a chronic illness. That's like the current statistic. Wow. Like, really? That's a little, yeah, a little terrifying. So like that counts things like, you know, asthma. So things that, you know, people might typically not consider like you're chronically ill, but then people like me or people who have ME, you know, things like that. So the different severities, but like one in seven, you know, like this yeah. is a much larger population than like a, you know, like we've ever seen and like be, it should be, you know, that yeah. I think there's something that we're missing in our, either our generation or this internet age, whatever it is, but like, we're not listening to other people's experiences and we're like, you know, paving our own way. And I think like, as mm -hmm. much as it's great to be a trailblazer, it's also really important to know what like came before you and what's, you know, pave a path for people that come after you. And I feel Absolutely. like, yeah. Like, and like, like you were saying, like everyone, you know, has a totally different perspective. And, and if you take that for granted, you're missing out. You really are, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, and you know, as well as I do, like there's definitely a stigma when it comes to the term, like, you know, mental health or PTSD, like people hear those things. And it's, I don't know if this is an American thing or, or a, a human thing, but like, you know, that's one of those things like, oh, you shouldn't talk about that. Right. And right. obviously, obviously nowadays, like that's, that's changing, right? Over the past couple of years, I feel like it's becoming a little bit more centered in, in, in relevant conversation where we're in a way that's, that's positive. Like you're trying to do with spoonful, right? Yeah. So I, I feel like what you're doing is, is a step in that right, in that direction where it's benefiting, you know, not just your specific you know, community that you're trying to build there, but also on a grander scale of like educating people who might not, who might not be one, you know, one of those seven people. Right. Right. Oh my goodness. And like accessibility in general, like is so broad. Like that's really yeah. our goal is to like just pack into this website, like as many accessibility features. So captions, like transcripts, things like that. Like how many people do you know that wouldn't identify as chronically ill, like use captions on TV now? Like yeah, accessibility benefits everyone. You know, I think that's a, it's sort of a, you know, it, it, it doesn't, I love that idea that like, yeah, it's for this community, but like, I mean, every community has something that you should you should be paying attention to, especially Absolutely. You know, disabled and, you know, BIPOC, all of these things. Like, I think that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that like maybe it is a, a, an American thing, but I think it's also like a Western thing, like mental health mm. is really scary to talk about. Yeah. And. And I think even when I started talking about it, it was scary. And I think like Gen Z has like a really great handle on that. But yes, even they as, do. Like, millennials, we like there's a little bit of ego. There's like a little bit of wanting to appear perfect. Like we, I think we get that from our parents, you know, I, I would agree intergenerational with that, yeah. trauma, all of it, you know, right. but I think Gen Z has such a handle on like, well, I'm this way and I'm going to identify this way. And I'm going to tell you that I identify this way because the next person that you meet that identifies like I do, I want you to treat them better than you treated me. Yeah, and sure. Like, yeah, that's my whole concept too is like, if I can educate you about PTSD, so you think it's like, you know, you, you initially maybe think it's just soldiers or something like that, you know, right. people who've been in car accidents, but like PTSD is so incredibly common and like mm -hmm. really affects your physical body as well. And I think that oh, people absolutely. don't, and like, they're so connected. Like that's, I don't know. I think that's another lesson just from chronic illness is like, you can't separate your body and your brain. So mental health no. is not a thing. It's health. It's health that's general. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. And like the two are close. So they're so closely tied together. And I think that's, that is a, such a common misconception. And again, I, th I think it's evolving, right? Like, like you said, I think the yeah. generation after us, the Gen Z's yeah, like, I feel like they, they have, they have figured that out to an extent where like, they're not, they're not quiet about it. And that's right. a good There's thing. There's so much less shame. Yeah. Right. For sure. But I mean, I mean, think about it. like, you know, I, for me personally, I, and I only started picking this up, I, I guess in my, I don't know, mid twenties, but the more mm -hmm. I was exercising and working out, the better I was able to kind of think and, and, and meditate and manage my own anxieties and things right. like that. Right. So yeah. to me, uh, that that's where I started to kind of realize, well, wait a minute, like these two things are connected. Right. Yeah. And then of course, since then I've been, you know, reading about it and, and trying to educate myself about it. But like you said, the resources out there, because it's, it's, it's shifting, we're going through like the, the paradigm shift there. It, it's not readily available. So I think wow. what you're, what you're doing is trying to, like I said, 
educate the masses in a way where it's like it's inclusive. You, everyone is welcome, right? This is an open conversation. Participate, yeah. share your story, but also be willing to listen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the idea, my whole submission idea is that like there will be, you know, I'm going to solicit from specific authors and, you know, writers and creators because this is all kinds of content. It's not really just personal essay. It's going right. to be, you know, even things like gift guides, you know, roundups, like things that are more typical on a, a lifestyle blog rather than a mental health blog. But mm -hmm. it's really just acknowledging that like, like you're saying, like all these things are connected. Like when we feel well emotionally, like I have a chronic illness. I understand that my body might not operate to a hundred percent, but when I'm happy, it is so much easier to function. You can feel it, you know? Yeah. Right. And it's like framing. I, I posted something the other day. You might have seen it. It was basically, it was a quote from someone else that basically said, like, the only cure to chronic illness is radical acceptance. Mm. And I think that's the only cure to anything, you know, yeah. like PTSD to being comparative to your neighbors and what they're doing or, yeah. or your friends like we're at the age where everyone's having babies and stuff like that you know <laughs> right, right you can't look on the other side of the fence like it's just not healthy you know no, it's so not think, like, all of that like so related just finding like accepting where you are accepting your body accepting your health your mental health like i don't know and like I couldn't have possibly learned that had I not been a part of a community. And I think that's why, like, like you're saying, like, I had an inkling and then I started reading and then I started listening, you know, and like, yeah, that's that's really how, how that information happens. And like, I don't feel like I know it all. So how could I possibly write this blog myself? You know, right. and exactly. That was, that was kind of my idea, like the whole thing. I think that's I felt blocked for a long time, like creatively. Yeah, I wanted this blog. I wanted this idea. I had this idea, but I didn't. I was so obsessed with the idea of just doing it myself mm -hmm. because like that's I think as somebody who's chronically ill or just in general kind of independent because I've had an unconventional type of life that like having control over things is kind of a comforting thing, you know? Yeah. And and, and being the only person sounded appealing. But then I thought about it more and more and like I'm not qualified. Like I'm just not. <laughs> I can't speak for everyone. I don't want to speak for everyone. Right. You know, I want everyone right. to speak for themselves. Just I want to give them a place. Right. You know, and like provide the platform. I, Right. And I love this concept to like evolve, like Glenn, like you write and sell books. Like I want to have a marketplace that like highlights different creators. Maybe they make a physical product. Maybe they make a, even a download or a coloring book page mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. Um, and give them a place to sell their items. Like just give them another audience. Like that's, I want, what I want to do is like facilitate like connections and Right. All of that, like curate these experiences, like that's really for me, like where I get so much out of it. And that's why it's funny. Like I say out loud, like, oh, yeah, like I, I run a lifestyle blog and it's like, I don't know. I, right. It's a it's an interesting term. We have to figure out something else. I think something that's a well, little that's, bit more specific. So, so that's what I was going to bring up. Like the the term blogging, right, has evolved so much since, you know, blogging actually came out. Right. Uh, know, early 2000s or whatever. Right. Right. Like, I mean, now, like you, you can classify things like, I mean, people say like YouTubers, but in an essence, people recording a video like that, you're blogging at that point. Right. Absolutely. Like, that's yeah. the where the term vlogging came from with the V. Right. right. So like in an essence, like you're, you're, you're sharing your, you know, your perspective, your ideas, whatever with an audience and you're, you're doing it in an independent quote unquote fashion where you're not sponsored by the traditional media, but at the same time, like people are able to access it. Right. And right. I think that, like we said, like the, the inclusiveness of it, that's what makes things like that thrive. Right. Like a, a good leader isn't going to stand in front and like dictate. Right. I mean, right. we're kind of yeah. witnessing that <laughs> in real time. Oh, on another level. We're not going to go well. into that, but you know what I mean? Right. So a, a good <laughs> leader, <laughs> right. We'll say that for another in the next episode, but you know, the, the a good leader is on the floor with their community and they're, right. you know, they're directing, but they're also doing the work in an essence. And I feel like with a, with a blog, and this has come up on the podcast prior to, I, I think it was, I think it was my friend Ray, uh, episode 10, 11, I don't know, but you need a team. You have to have a yeah. team of people in order to accomplish a goal because trying to do something yourself is not only time consuming, but I mean, it, it's nearly impossible. I mean, it, 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 I'm not saying it can't be done, but 
think about it like every turn where you have to like learn a new skill that's time that you're taking away from the you know the project the goal to sit aside and like read a book or watch a video on how to do that thing right Right. and having a vague idea great but like am i a numbers person am i gonna dive into these financials no like everyone should do what they're good at i love that yeah and I feel like that, again, that's not to keep tying it back and sound like I'm self-plugging here, but like that's the whole point of betterism is to like help people understand that, help people but understand also you that like should self-plug this because this is like a genius <laughs> and and a great concept. Like and people need to hear like you're not the only person in this world. Like that's right. why that's but, why people don't understand racism. That's why people don't because they don't experience yeah. it. Like, you ha- oh, it's in other angles. To you? Right. Sorry. I guess it's not real. Like, right. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, so that kind of ties back to what you were saying about like acceptance, right? Like it's very like Buddhist in nature is like if true acceptance is accepting all angles and all aspects of life whether or not it's directly in your experience right and i think radical acceptance yeah as a yes exactly alan watts is one of my favorite philosophers in that category because he he goes into depth about it it's like yeah you might not have the same level of suffering as somebody else but to not acknowledge their suffering is a faux pas and you're only doing yourself a disservice not to mention the other person who you're choosing to ignore Right. And almost the opposite as well. Like if we don't see it reflected, we often don't notice it in ourselves. And like, that's a a barrier to healing, you -hmm. know, like I think it's so we deny so much about ourselves because it's not like the norm or it's not talked about or like, that's why talking about it is so important. Like the norms are not what we think they are. You know, I think that's like, it's where we just have this, you know, convention, these ideas, it's this image. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. I think like, yeah, if I've learned anything, it's like that you, whatever situation you're in is going to seem like the worst trauma in the world because Mm -hmm. it's all relative. Sure. Of course. Experience what I've experienced. Like it's all relative, you know, like accepting all, I mean, even like, like somebody so my husband obviously you you know steve we uh we all went to college together that's how we know each other hi steve um he's been like he's not chronically ill we're an interabled couple which means that like i'm disabled and he's not and Mm -hmm. basically like we've both so benefited from this idea of like processing trauma like intergenerational trauma personal trauma and like accepting where we're at and like Mm -hmm. so I love to like use him as an example because like he is as you know like a computer science teacher a math guy very linear very Very number minded number or and data like facts loves you know loves all of it and we've had so many times now where we're like you can't understand the value of just healing the things that even feel small to you. Right. you know, so Steve, like, you know, seeing me, I think transformed to some extent, like has taken that on himself too. And like wants to heal all these things about himself that like he wants to work on. And to me, like, that's, that's where accessibility comes in. It's like, yeah, maybe Steve, because he's not chronically or mentally, Ill, wouldn't have ever thought of like, maybe healing my trauma would do me some damn good you know and so like that's that's a fact everyone you know I believe like you shouldn't it's like a driver's license like you shouldn't be able to like be an adult unless you've like actively worked to heal your intergenerational trauma (laughs) it should be like you know you should have some sort of test and like at least be aware that like you've got it and like want to work right right right. and that's not like we're gonna leave better than we came in yeah of course right right and that's not to like diminish another person's experience right like there's there like obviously there's a spectrum there right like there's different forms of it and just because you experienced it in one level doesn't mean that another person is better or worse right like you said like that's relative right? right but the 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 thing there is like you have to number one be accepting of your your own shortcomings and 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 your own things that you want to work on and progress and grow right but you also have to acknowledge that like other people are experiencing that same experience and not everyone's aware of it but you have to give them benefit of the doubt where it's like all right maybe they're still working on this thing what can i learn from that and that's where you're right like there's a tie there and they it connects to like like you said with with steve like that's I've noticed he has been a little more active on social media recently. 
I don't know if that's because yeah, he's not working yeah. as much with the, the whole uh, caddying thing, right? right? But in a sense there, it's like he kind of took that time to personally kind of like dive in and kind of look at his own sense and kind of use, you know, you, his wife, in that same area. He's like, well, what can I learn from Lisa too, right? right. That mindset is the thing that I think once people achieve, they're able to truly empower themselves in in their own spiritual and self growth, right? Yeah, and to some extent, like once you see it, you can't unsee yeah. it. You know, like once you realize that, like, oh, I am not the be all. Like, I grew up as an actor. Like, I was literally told my entire life that, like, I was the best, <laughs> and like my person. Right. You know, like ridiculous things to tell children. So unhealthy. And then, like, as an adult, you're like, oh wait, wow, I haven't experienced most of everything. I don't know most of yeah, everything. Right. And like, look at me bumbling through life. You know, when for the first 17, 18 years of my life, I thought I was like hot shit. <laughs> you know, and I think. Hopefully, like, in five years, I'll look back at me right now and be like, she was full of shit. Oh, you know, yeah. like, that's the goal is that we're, like, always learning and, like, growing. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the same time, like, if you don't realize that you're not the be-all, end-all, then, like, the closed-mindedness just, like, holds you back, holds everyone around sure. you back. And, like, it's, you know, like, when you meet people, you can tell. Yeah, they like, get it or they don't. That, like. <laughs> Right. And it's okay if they don't, yeah. because that's your own right. journey. Like you were saying, you can't say that somebody is in the wrong for not being aware of it, but there's also what I'm willing to bring into my life. Oh, sure. Point. You have to have, you boundaries. know, so there, there's, there's different, right. And boundaries to me, like, oh my goodness. Like I love a boundary. I think it's so healthy. Yeah. I think it helps everyone, particularly when you're like clear about mm-hmm. it. And like, that's why like, even friendships like you can't have relationships that drain you you can't like that's chronic illness has taught me like you have this moment maybe you know yeah. like so you really have to take advantage right. of it and like you don't know what tomorrow is gonna well bring. you know you know so if you're not like, i i think of i think back to like you said this earlier like we all went to college together right and like i think back to like how you know in college you, you know oh it's friday I, I gotta go out and party right but like now right, that i'm yeah. older and in my own personal experience, like I kind of realized like I, I'm a little more introverted than I initially realized. So now, and right. I don't know if it has to do with my age now that I'm in my thirties or not, but like now it's like Friday. It's like, Oh great. Now I want to like, you know, I'll still like have a couple drinks, but I'm going to sit on the couch and watch a movie or read a book, you know? Right. Yeah. We're, we're not particularly uh, party animals anymore. And like, yeah, I think it's like, it's like energy, like spoons. I mean, the, the whole spoon theory like really applies to like chronic illness but it applies to everyone else like uh, well can you oh wait so for listeners can you explain the spoon theory i would love to yeah so christine mazandarino is the uh creator of the spoon theory and basically she has a chronic illness and like was at lunch with a friend who does not have a chronic illness and they're you know sitting at a dinner lunch table with like utensils and things around her so a spoon sort of in this example is almost like in a business example like a widget so like an invented thing that signifies something that you can't touch so Mm -hmm. she used a spoon to signify like energy so i'm chronically ill so i might wake up with like nine spoons which means i have this amount of energy to do what i need to do for that day you know it kind of goes day by day Mm -hmm. um so if I, you know, take a shower, that's four spoons. If I want to make myself something to eat, it's two spoons. So it's constantly like picking and choosing your battles. Like, what am I going to, if I have limited energy, what am I going to spend my energy on that's like really going to give me impact or like value? Yeah. A lot of people will call it pacing and chronic illness. It's like doing the things you have to do and kind of eliminating things you don't have to or don't want to do in order to maintain life. And like, it's hard. It's a horrible like choice to have to make. Yeah. You know, when you have limited energy to say, like oh I'm not gonna hang out with my friends like how many times have I had to do that but like that's a boundary like that's something that like I have to take care of myself yeah you know number one but also like you're saying like you get to Friday night you're a teacher you have a lot going on during the week yep it's a lot of stress you're like I'm out of spoons like that's essentially what you're saying is like I want to stay home and do something restorative I want to like get some spoons back rather than like go to the bar and spend more right and that's why like I think like another like that's accessibility like how many people know about spoon theory unless you're somebody who's sick? Yeah. But like what value have the people in my life gotten out of it? Because it's an easy way to say like, I love you and I care about you, but I don't have the wherewithal for this sure. right now. And that's a boundary 
it's rooted in love, I think, you know, it's yeah. like, I have to love myself and I love you and there's nothing personal, but this is the boundary I have to set. And like, yeah. if more people were able to set those boundaries, I think it would a be easier for people with chronic illness and disabilities, but it would be easier for everyone, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I got it. Like, I mean, yeah, especially- you, you, you taught me a lot. I did not know about this until you know, you kind of started this whole process with not only like before the blog, I'm talking like when you started reading about it and learning about it and then also educating like myself and Allison about it, like that's when I kind of started to see it from the other angle. And then, like you said, like I can kind of relate to the the theory, even though I, I don't have a chronic illness, but in a sense, like there is that whole like, you know, respect everyone. But like rule one is like you, you got to take care of yourself because right. how are you, how are you going to spread love if you're not OK, if you're not mentally there, right? right? So and even in a marriage, there's so many. Ways oh, my God. Absolutely. Like it's it expends beyond just like, oh, your daily interactions. Right. Like, you That's know, like I mean. the marriage. And I can I can I imagine it has to do when with parenting. Right. Like with kids and things. Yeah. But then also like you have your you know, your friends, you have your family. And like, if it's tough when a person doesn't necessarily understand, you know, especially like, like Allison's extroverted, right? So she is totally gains the energy from hanging out with people where I'm I'm the complete opposite. Right. And I love that. Like, and I get energy out of that. And then we go home and we're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm good now. You know, like as much as like, yeah, we just don't, our batteries aren't charged that way. I love it. And that's not to say that you like, don't just, you don't like disrespect people because they're different in that area. Right. It's just like, you have to, you have to have like your own guard up. You got to be aware of how you handle it because there is a level. Like I know sometimes like Al, Allison and I will be out and we'll all hit this point where it's like, I, I got to go home. My, my energy's gone. I, you know, like, yeah, like the wall, that's what I call it. I'm like, I hit the wall, you hit the wall. Go. Right. We're time done. to go. Right. Exactly. And like, especially again, I can only speak from my experience, but like as a, as a married couple, like, you know, we have this little signal, like, all right, it's time to wrap it up. Time to go. But right. you have to learn your own experience right like if you have a family with kids if you are you know hanging out with your friends and you're single whatever it is like you have to kind of figure out your own signals before it starts to damage you right right oh my god and like listening to your body like your body is telling you things at all times Mm -hmm. you know everyone not just people who you know notice it because they're chronically ill like everyone at all times and you said like at some point we're out and I hit that wall and I can't I have no more energy and I need to go home and like how many people hear that signal and ignore it yeah you know how many people's bodies tell them that on a regular basis and they're like I could probably do another drink or like oh it's her birthday I want to stay you know there's so many like things that we tell ourselves in order to like ignore the things that our bodies tell us and like being chronically ill is just not being able to ignore your body anymore like I just say like my body got too tired of me taking advantage of it and shut down and put me into a physical state where like I don't have a choice but to care for my body but like in reality no one does right you know like absolutely no one does and like in it's very interesting particularly in covid i think a lot of people in my community are like very much grieving like the idea that we're so aware and, of and other, how others are and people are not yeah, it's yeah. Like, and it's really upsetting to me to some extent because it's like what I used to be like you guys, you know, I used to be a type A healthy president of this, you know, captain of that, like all of it. And eventually my body said like, no more, we're done. (laughs) But like your body's telling you the same things. And like tomorrow you could be like me and you have no idea. And like, I think for people who are chronically ill, that's a terrifying concept. Like as much as yeah. I have learned to like love my life, it is a very hard life and it, it takes a lot of choices. Yeah. And it, there are a lot of sacrifices and like, because I've made those sacrifices, I'm getting better, but like, I don't want anyone to have to make those choices, I know. you know? Right. So like, take care of your body now. Like maybe that's like the biggest thing I want to explain to anyone <laughs> ever, you know, before it's, like, it's too late. That's right. Right. Because that's the thing is like, that's kind of how Steve felt like he was going. He hadn't taken a summer off and since I was in seventh grade. Like that is not acceptable. Like that, you know, as long like, this is I, as long as I've known Steve. I mean, we're going on fifteen years now, twenty years maybe, almost. Right. Like I've never. This is the first summer I've known Steve where he hasn't been working, and like 
Steve, I don't mean to call you out here, but like I, I, call I you the, the smile on his face every time I see him is so much larger than it has been in previous years. And Steve's it, a, like, he's a generally happy cry. guy. Yeah. But like, but he's like, just seems so much happier. Right. Like we got married and the next day he went to work. Like right. that is Steve Trainer. Like he is responsible to like the level that is like puts himself to the side. And like this, I think really is the first time he has like physically put himself first. And like he has this crazy shoulder impingement. So he's had this like mm-hmm. probably for as long as he can remember, like his whole life. He's been tense and like physically. And if you poke him, he flinches or he goes out. <laughs> like he has this, these really physical PTSD sort of reactions. It's really interesting yeah. to me because like our bodies are so similar. And since October, he's been like stretching. He spends like, you know, this, he spends mm-hmm. like hours a day stretching and like in his own land. And like, it's very funny because sometimes I'll be like, Steve, Steve, come on, Earth, Steve. But at the same time, I'm like watching him like literally process this physical, whatever it is, you know, pain or trauma or injury, sure. you know, whatever it is. And like, I think that's why he's so happy now. Like, yeah, he's off, but like, he's also like healing on such a crazy level yep. or wild level. I'm trying not to say crazy anymore. That's an ableist word yep. Um, on such like a wild level that like, it's to me like that's where the smile comes from it's like a relief it's like a burden has been lifted Mm -hmm. you know like it's incredible and like yeah somebody who like you've known for as long as you've known has been like totally entrenched in the idea of being productive or you know being responsible and all those things and those are wonderful qualities that will run your body into the ground yeah you know well you know (laughs) so it's that's that's such a it's such a fine line to walk because that's one of those things. It's like, especially Americans, like we were trained from birth. You have to be productive. You got to be constantly moving and making and, and doing, but, and you have no value if you're not right. right. Exactly. Absolutely. But like, yeah. but humans, our bodies are not evolutionary. They're not, they're not designed for that. We need rest. We need to be still. Sometimes you need to be able to sit under a tree with like yourself and just breathe. Like you need that stillness in order to be full functioning. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to explain that to someone who hasn't really truly experienced that. Right. Right. Um, and I feel like what you're witnessing with Steve is like, he's on that cusp of like the, he's, he's aware of that now. So now you're starting to see like the, he's starting to see the effects, the positive effects that are coming from that lifestyle change. Right? Yeah, that shift. Um, and you said about social media, like that's extra spoons. Like that's oh, yeah. why he's been avoiding those things. Oh yeah. Right? Especially, especially in the COVID days. I mean, it is stressful. Just I, I've been myself and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but like I've been myself trying to avoid, you know, posting and, and scrolling and stuff just because I, 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 it, it got to the point where like I was reading about COVID when it first started back in March, you know, I'd read an hour or so a day and I'd, set my phone down I'm like man I feel like shit this sucks yeah right so between like the blue light and the anxiety and depression, yeah it all like adds the up surest way to get sick oh right so like you know now I'm like I understand that now so now I'm, I'm more mindful of how, how much I'm using my phone and what I'm using it for my laptop whatever it is but I think that goes beyond just the screen there's there's many things there right like I I'm an avid reader I, I love to read and it's been a little rough, you know, with the move and stuff. I know you came over to see the house and stuff and like my books are half unpacked, but like I even, even reading right to an extent, like I need to take time away from that as much as I love it. Right. I need to set that aside sometimes just to kind of be with myself and collect my own thoughts. Right. Right. And rest. Yeah. Rest. Right. Like we don't, we, we love to say like rest is like reading a book. It's not rest is doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's it. You know, or processing the things that we know. You know and it's okay. You're, you're allowed to sit on the couch and just stare at a wall. Like that's okay. Obviously you don't want to do it all the time. Right. <laughs> but right. Because right. We need a balance. Right. Everything is balanced. Of course. Right. But it there's, there's a healthy mental aspect there that, like you said, does transfer from like your, your mind to your physical body. And if you're not careful and and you don't understand your own boundaries, that's where those damages come from. Yeah. And like, it's a very radical thing to say in the chronic illness community, because obviously you wouldn't want, you don't want to like blame the victim or Mm -hmm. anything like that. But like everyone that I know that's my age, that's chronically ill was like a type A pushed too hard child. Like that's it that is almost a fact you know like and all of these kids are sick by like 18 and 19 like 
as much as like it's beautiful to have this community, it is also terrifying to see how many young people are sick. Yeah. And I think that's because we were so raised entrenched in the idea that like you have no value right. other than your productivity. Even the things you see online. I saw a meme the other day that was like, if you come home from work and sit on and watch Netflix, you shouldn't be sad that you're poor or something like that. Like, first of all, yeah, poverty right. is systemic, so you can F off. Right. And the second of all, like people need rest like why are we telling people that they shouldn't rest yeah what do you think all these billionaires do all day they you make their money <laughs> they don't make their money they're chilling yep. out thinking of ideas right like, yep how do you have ideas unless you have money like exactly you know, like, but we need to rest we crave that and like we ignore it on such a level that like we are getting sick rapidly mm-hmm. and the you know and everyone is on the precipice and like not to make you scared but like at the same time take it from somebody who gets it you yeah. know and like who see who sees it on a regular basis i mean even in like the kids that you teach and the kids i i teach for your mom you're aware of yep. this so yep. uh i teach after school art for young rembrandts jersey shore and represent uh when we're in session like these kids are like oh i have art class and then i have gymnastics and then i have ballet and then I'll go home and do my homework. And I'm like, oh, you're in first grade. Yeah, right. Like, you are a small child. When do you run around on the grass? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, when do you, like, breathe and smile and sleep and, like, do things that normal kids should be doing? But, like, so many of us in this community were raised exactly that way. Yeah. You know? And, like, taught that our value came from, you know, outward stuff or or the way that we were perceived or the perfection that we achieved sure perfection is not isn't it's not real so setting yourself up to be a perfectionist is literally setting yourself up to fail every single day of your life just live in anxiety how do you not end up hating yourself (laughs) right Right. like how do you end up being a happy person if you judge yourself on on a level that's unattainable that's literally unattainable yeah So so like i i so i feel like so grateful for how I kind of learned about that whole psychological aspect and like, you know, I, I, you know me, like, I don't, I believe the universe kind of like, you know, leads you down a path and, and you, you end up where it, you're meant to end up kind of thing. Right. Like, absolutely, I agree. And yeah. I feel like my being this invested in uh, psychology and education is no mistake. Right. I always attribute this back. And again, this is like a personal experience for me, but yeah, it's definitely no blanket statement, but like with, I love my father. Don't take this the wrong way. But like my, my dad was the kind of parent who would, you know, you'd walk home with a report card and you'd have all A's except for one B in like geometry. And instead of praising all the A's, you know, he'd point out the one B is like, well, why isn't this an A? Right. And not that that's a huge deal. Right. But there, there is a kind of level there where it's like, you're focusing on the negative instead of the positives. And as a little kid, even as a high schooler, like that affects you on a subconscious level that you're not aware of. And I feel like I didn't learn that until I was an adult, maybe my mid twenties when I started like really studying in my master's program with like, you know, cognitive processes and things like that. And now I'm able to kind of like, now I can kind of pinpoint things like that in my daily life. Right. But that's no, that's not easy. That's not a skill that you just like pick up randomly. Right. No, yeah, and it it requires a lot of privilege. It requires access. Yeah, to all of exactly. It requires time. It requires you know all yes. of these things. And it's it's tough because like you want to give like me. Per- I want to share that ability with people as best I can. But like you said, like I'm only one person, and I'm and I'm trying. But it's also there's a community here. There's there's an aspect where like there's more than just me. I'm not the only person who's feeling this way and experiencing this experience. Other people have a similar feeling or emotion there and they might've reached it from a different, you know, journey. Right. But you want to share that, right? Cause that's right. how, that's how people learn and, and kind of grow and, and develop. And I guess, uh, utilize those like self-defense skills in that arena. If that makes any sense. Yeah. No, that does. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, like you said, like we're, con- we're, we're a work in progress. Perfection is n- not true because <laughs> you're, you're constantly, right. you should be at least constantly trying to improve yourself for the benefit of the gratitude that comes with your experience. Right. Right. It's, and like make mistakes, get messy. Like that's right. the whole, how do you not like you learn more from a like a failed relationship you know like yes. how you, like silly dating things where you're like well I learned that you know right and like you probably learned nothing else it was probably just a way that you spent your time but if you take something out of it then like 
it's been worth it, you know? Exactly. So like maybe that's the opposite of perfectionism is like take getting something out of everything, you know? One of my biggest things that I try to tell it's tough because I teach middle school, so they don't really get it. But I try to I try to explain the notion is like teachers are everywhere. If you learn how to mm-hmm. listen and you learn how to nitpick and kind of think critically about things, you can learn from literally anything. But what you choose to act upon and what you choose to believe, that's on you, right? You have the yeah, skill and, and you, you have are. the result. Exactly. And if you're trying to develop who you are, you, you got to have the skill, but you also have to know like what's best for you as well so you have to like know yourself on top of having that skill which right. is not easy that's definitely not easy yeah and your middle schoolers are looking at you like mouth agape like what? yeah like but what? like it's so true like and maybe that sets them up to even learn it more in high school but like i don't know like the things we tell ourselves are reality you know mm-hmm. that's like that's a starting point is like if you're telling yourself even about perfectionism that like you want to achieve this like you are creating a world in your mind mm-hmm. that you now live in. It's like, it could be a paradise or a prison. Like that's, yes. Oh, that's, you that's a beautiful, beautiful way to phrase that. It's like, and ha- especially when you're, yeah, like a healthy person, a sick person, anything like I, it's all relative. Mm-hmm. You know? And I you think that's like, you have to be aware. Cause ev- everyone is in that seat. Everyone. Yeah. And like you, everyone, you, yeah. you want to be respectful of how other people are experiencing that chair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And also like how many times have has somebody told me a lesson and I didn't get it until I did it myself. Oh, you know, yeah. you made the mistake or you, you, you know, you fell into the hole that they told you you're going to fall into. But yeah. And you're like, Oh, I get it now. Right. You know, I think that's like a, a universal thing. And that's why, like, sometimes like, you know, like in the, when Rafiki sits back in the Lion King and he like laughs to himself, <laughs> like, Oh, this is going to work out the way it's supposed to like that's kind of how i think like the best way to deal with people who don't understand it yet are people yeah. who's just like to sit back and be like you'll get it one day yep and i hope it's not a too bumpy of a journey but you'll get it yep. you know and like all you can do is pass on what you've got you know and yep. like that's why like the more we've got like the more people we have sharing this information maybe then it gets across a little faster you know sure. or maybe we normalize it well that, that i mean that's the thing is like you can't force somebody to learn that right like they they're gonna get it eventually and they're gonna come to terms with it in their own time i mean it could be you know you could be a teenager and realize that or you could be like in your 60s and realize that right like there's no i think nana learned it in like her 90s like it's incredible (laughs) like life is so long like it is it's amazing it's you know like and as much as we say life is short and can change at every moment like if you get everything out of every day like it it can feel so infinite you know the present absolutely yeah Oh, it's 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 like a, a beautiful disaster, you know, like it's it's one of those things like the 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 universe is kind of directing you without you kind of realizing it, you know, and it's up to yeah. you to kind of realize it. There's no other way. Yeah. And like to get something out of it, like, I don't know, I've I faced a lot of like very extreme trauma and like would I change it. I don't know i'm i'm very happy you know like i'm yeah. a happy adult mm-hmm. i'm loved i love myself i have a community you know like i i think if if you can take happiness out of your trauma like or pull something from it that like brings you joy then like it was worth going through in the first place you yeah. know and like not that you know i i'm not to people yeah. can also accept a disability or illness in any way that and that's all right every everyone who goes through it and takes it you know their own way right. they're all right but i think like for me like the the hope like and the willingness to like believe that tomorrow will be better has been like a lifeline you know and mm-hmm. i think that that's that's all something that i created because 10 years ago i didn't know any of this and i was sad you know i was like deeply sad at being a sick person yeah and now I'm not, you know, and the only thing I've changed is like framing. Sure. That's all it is. You know, look at it in a different way. Do you meditate? Like, do you meditate at all? I do. Yeah. We, we bought uh, the subscription to Headspace and I'm like, I love Headspace. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, to me, like I get so much energy too from it. Like you were saying, yeah. like when I work out, I felt stronger to meditate. And like, to me, vice versa too. Like when I meditate, I feel stronger to like be outside and mm-hmm. you know, I'm not necessarily athletic, but like outside and like in my garden and like doing those physical things that maybe I'm not so up to like mm-hmm. game changer. Like why don't, you know? Well, like you said in the beginning, access. I mean, the, the brain and the physical body, like the mind and the physical body are connected, right? Like they, 
you as much as you know people in the gym are working out and improving their physical bodies like you you should be doing that with your mind as well because it's it's one it's a muscle right you have to it's one and the same yeah right and i feel like and to tie this all back together with with uh alan watts i recently finished his book the meaning of happiness i mean the whole purpose of that book is saying that like you can achieve true happiness if you first accept true acceptance right like not just seeing the positive and things but acknowledging the balance like we were talking about but also accepting the the true joys and the true sufferings right now those vary from person to person but of course you have in order to achieve your own personal happiness you have to accept both sides of that and you have to Mm -hmm. you know be appreciative of the lessons that you learn from the the suffering side right like like you said like i would never go back and change what happened to me right because Mm -hmm. that kind of shaped who i am today and i'm I'm grateful for those experiences as much as they hurt it it helped me learn how to be me right but then in the same breath right like i like like you said like i'm right now i feel so happy just having this conversation with you i'm also accepting the fact that i am happy and i know it's going to change i know there might be something down the road like we just you know we just bought the house and this tree fell and crushed my fence and yeah i was was frustrated but at the same time like i it's it's life and things like that happen like i'm not going to ignore it but i'm also not going to choose to focus on the negative i'm going to see the balance there right like that'll work out fence will get fixed it's not a big deal Right. And it and in the long run, you will have this home and you will have this property that you love and that you, you exactly know, worked on. And and that's like that's what I mean by like life is long. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. there's always tomorrow. There's always more. Yep. You know? And you have to be open, open minded to what tomorrow is bringing. It could suck yeah. and it could be awesome. You don't know. Right. Yeah, toxic positivity is one of the worst things you could fall oh, into. But it's, like living in negativity, like that, not any better. It, it, it really it is. all comes back to the balance, right? All comes back mm-hmm. to the balance. And for your body too, like brain, body, all of it. Like yep. Life, relationships, if you know, balance. That's all it is. All right, that is a. I think that's an excellent transition space because I feel like that was very um, the acceptance piece, the the balance piece is very. Yeah, it's a very capstone. Um, you yeah. want to switch over to the so I, I usually end the episodes with three rapid fire questions. You want to? Yeah, over? sure. I love that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the first one, what are you currently reading? Um, are you enjoying it? Would you recommend it? And you can that can be taken lightly. It can be a documentary, a podcast, an audio book. It doesn't have to be like a physical book. But what are you? Uh, cool. What are you absorbing right now? So I have a friend named Jacqueline Raposo, and she uh, is a food writer, a chronic illness writer. She uh, has done projects with veterans. She loves to learn from other people and experiences. I think she Love is it. like, you would like totally vibe with her. She's so cool. And she wrote a book called The Me Without. And her book is basically, she took a year and like stopped social media and stopped all of these things that were like, you know, she did an experiment to say, like, what can what can I do without and who am I without these things? Yeah. And I think that comes from a chronic illness background of like what happens when you take all of you know your resources away? Like, how do you thrive? And like she did this with, you know, more practical things that like sort of everyone can jump in on. So I think she is like beautiful human, wonderful human to learn from. She's like pretty active on Instagram. She's words, food, art. Um, and her book, yeah, The Me Without. I'm like very into this idea of awesome. less is more. I'll have to yeah. check that out. What did you say yeah. your tag was at words? T- uh, word, words, food, art. Words, food, yeah. art. Jacqueline okay. Raposo is her name. And she's like the coolest. I'm, I'm very obsessed with that. All right. I'll have to check her out. Yeah. Um, okay. Question two. What is your favorite meal to prepare and cook? Um, could be for yourself, friends and family. It could be low key, could be high key. There's no really set answer here. <laughs> so my grandma uh, was not like an incredible cook. Like, well, let's not say that Nana was great at cooking. But there are things <laughs> that she like made like really well. And she makes like a pot roast or made a pot roast. Uh-huh. She passed at 99. May, may she rest in peace. Wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned how to make it. And I've made it better now than anyone else in my family. Ooh. So I'm really pumped about that idea. Like, little competitive but also like for now, <laughs> you know you got to perfect it so i use like combination of food network things i learned on the food network and things i learned from my nana so right. i've been doing 
doing that. But then I would also say like the signature move is always like a cheese board. I know when you guys come over, there's oh, yeah. like you and Allison are both. Right. Yeah, you yeah. guys are all about And that's that. like when she's coming, I'm like, yes, I could buy nine kinds of cheese <laughs> and put them on a board. So, and I think with my friends from Staten Island too, like I'm known for a cheese board. So I would say like until recently, I have, wasn't an amazing cook. I'm now a lot better. I've worked on it. I think particularly yeah. in COVID when we're like feeding Oh yeah. Well, we, it's, been a it's a learning process. Learning. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, yeah. So I would say either like a real meal, like totally flushed out or definitely like a weird cheese board <laughs> with some like, well, I got it. Honey or say, something on it. Something bizarre. I gotta say, Steve and I also love when you guys do the cheese boards. I'll, I'll I will, uh, right. shout that yeah, out. Yeah. Don't buy. You've already them, right? <laughs> as much as we're like, Oh, it's a cheese board again. We're like, yes, it's a cheese board again. <laughs> yes, it's a cheese board. And then the more you drink, you're like, yes, it's a yeah, cheese board. Right, right. <laughs> Just gets better. <laughs> All right. Uh, so third and final question. Um, and don't feel like this has to be profound. It can be if you want to, but it's really just up to you. Uh, what's one life lesson you'd like to pass on to our listeners today? I, yeah. So like what we talked about with balance, like that to me is like the whole like crux of everything in life. But like also just like an easier thing to do is like slow down. You know, mm. I think like particularly now, like slow yourself down, like slow down, like how much you sign up your kids for and like mm. how much socializing you want to weekends like I don't know like maybe just see what that's like like what we're like Jacqueline's book like see what that's like without doing all of that and I think like you might realize that like I don't know appreciating those like little simple moments like makes life so much more interesting and like they're not big events like you know like those things are great and you have memories of them but it's like time you spend with people and time you spend with yourself oh yeah so I think slowing down in general is always something I want to pass along. That's such a good a answer to that question. I, I don't think anyone said that yet either. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's true. It's like, especially with technology, like how fast everything is expected to just, you know, you send yeah. an email and you're expecting a response like that same day. Right. And like to, the, to feel the entitlement of that to me is a wild. Yeah. But like if you're not up to sending that email, don't send well, that think email. Like, I think like they 20 years ago, it was all like letters and faxes, right? And even before that, you know, you had like the, the messaging services and stuff like that. Like that mindset has changed so quickly in, in relative terms to like human evolution. But it, it yeah. also stresses us out. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're not any better for it. Certainly. I mean, we're in more communication, right. but I definitely think we're, we're missing. A I lot, think, you know? I think we back in, when you're so busy, how do you notice? It's like driving yeah. a car. Like, how do you know? Right. Outside? Right. Exactly. You know, like, you know, Al and I, we're, we're definitely beach kids, but like, I, sometimes like I feel the happiest when I'm like sitting on the beach and just staring at the waves, you know? Right. Oh, so meditate. Like talk about meditation, right. like just watching nature, like do a yeah. thing is the most incredible. Thing yeah. In the world. And like, we always talk about like that feeling of feeling small and like how empowering it is to feel small because like if you make a mistake, then it doesn't matter. Right. You know, like it's not really affecting, it's not going to affect the ocean. It's not going to affect the sun. You know, it's not right. going to affect the weather. Right. Like you've just made a mistake and you can forgive yourself for it. Like that feeling of being small. Like that's how I feel when I look yeah. at the ocean. I'm with yeah. you. Slow down, people. That's it. Slow down. <laughs> All right, Lisa. Uh, as I'm like talking a mile a minute too, it's that's not my But that's, but that's, that's okay. It's right? like an East Coast thing. I feel like we're all. At least northeast. That's that's like a thing we all do. I I always that's like one of the first things I tell my students. I'm like, hi guys, I'm Mr. Binger, and uh, I talk really fast. I apologize. That's just who I am. Uh, if you have any questions, just raise your hand. I'm not gonna bite your head off. You know, like it's one of those things. Like I'm sorry. This is just how I talk. That was some <laughs> radical acceptance. I'm gonna talk fast, and this is who I am. I'm into that level of right. acceptance. I love it. That's what I'm gonna. Anything like this is who I am. Yeah. I'm into it. All right, Lisa. Well, it's been awesome having you on. Where uh, can where I think, of course where can uh listeners find you online where can they find spoonful society when that actually drops that kind of stuff yes so online right now you can find me on instagram my handle is at lisa ann trainor there's no e and there's an o in trainer i know i don't <laughs> get it right but for everyone um and the spoonful society will also be on instagram uh probably in september we'll do a little like promo type stuff but when we launch in october the spoonful society will be at the spoonful so easy enough to remember and uh 
if if anyone listening is interested in submitting, we're totally down for that. So definitely reach out. And you will definitely hear from me. Yeah, I will definitely contribute. And like literally anything, we want to publish anything that like vibes with like that open mindedness. I think that Betterism and the Spoonful Society are going to be collabs. We'll have to do some uh, collab advertising, maybe. Yeah, I love that. Um, You have a little you have a little play on words on for Spoonful, right? How do you spell it? I do. So we do spoon We because of camel case. So we try and do more accessible fonts. I do capital T, H-E, capital S, and then lowercase for the rest of spoon. And then full is capitalized. And then society has a capital S. So full is the whole idea. That, F-U-L-L. Like, living a full, yeah, exactly. Living a full life within your physical means is kind of my whole concept behind I the I love name. it. So... <laughs> You know, getting as much out of what you do, but doing less. Slowing, Slowing down. down. The life is. lesson. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Lisa, it's been great. Um, I can't wait for our next little get together with our cheese boards. Uh, we'll do that soon. Hell yeah. I'll... Yeah, you're not allowed to complain about nope, them ever. Never. So we, I, we will not. So <laughs> as soon right. as COVID dies down, we'll get uh, that going. True. All right. <laughs> and cheese board is like, anti- yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, Lisa, All I right. will uh, talk to you later. Okay. Tell Steve I said hi. Thanks. This was yeah. great. Bye. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye. Hey, guys. Just one more quick thing before you take off. Um, I wanted to take a second to express my sincere gratitude for your time and your attention. It's appreciated way more than you realize. Um, If you'd like to support our cause and what we're doing here at Betterism, there's a few ways you can do that. Um, You could share, rate, or review the show. Um, It's available wherever you get podcasts. You can join our blog and contribute some of your wisdom to our growing family. Or if you're able to, you can donate or subscribe any amount to paypal.me slash bingbang. That link is in the show notes. Um, Thanks again so much for your time, and I hope you have a great day. Well, that's it, friends. Thanks for tuning in. I hope to swing through again. If you'd like to reach out, uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at medium.com slash betterism. Be better at whatever it is you're building. And remember, friends, stay learning.